Hey, this is Jason Cass, uh, back again with another podcast for uh, the month of March 2014, which is the month of the niche. This is where we're talking to agents and giving you real-life examples of things that have happened in their office uh, that have given them niche. We've heard from a couple people. You've heard my story on the niche, and uh, it's just really, really powerful um, in some of the comments and some of the replies and some of the emails that I'm getting from people telling me that they feel as if they have a better direction and a better understanding of how now they can create a niche. And one thing I'm hearing a lot of people understand about what you're hearing the people say is passion. It's the passion for whatever it is. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, I don't care if you um, are good at playing the piano. If you've got a passion for that, you need to be writing piano teachers. You need to be writing piano stores, piano manufacturers, piano distributors, whatever you can be writing because you're going to have a passion and you're going to have a knowledge unlike any other agent out there. So just keep that in mind. Passion is where it's at. So today on the podcast, we're going to have a person by the name of Greg Batty. Now, I got to tell you, um, you're never going to guess this guy's niche. I really, really could even tell you the niche. I could tell you in a hundred other things that he could possibly be, and this would probably be one of the last things that you think would be the niche. I'm telling you, because it's so outside the box. So I'm glad that, you, that you're going to listen to this and be prepared because uh, Greg is a great guy. I've known him for many years. We hadn't talked in a while. He told me about this niche last year, and I said the listeners need to hear what you're doing, Greg, because what you're doing is really, really different. This guy actually estimates that he owns probably 30 to 50% of market share nationwide. He has no statistics to prove that, but he, knowing when you find out what he does, it's kind of easy to figure out that there's not a lot of people doing it. And he's going to try and become like Jay-Z and go international. So it's a pretty interesting podcast. Before we get going, give me 30 seconds to give a shout out. Please, if you have not already, we've got a lot of comments coming in from growprogram.com. Go to growprogram.com. We just redid our website, released it a couple weeks ago. It has been explosion. It is unbelievable stuff going on there. You've got all of our programs. You can see how we are creating a community, a community of agents for one place for everybody to go learn, growprogram.com. And when you go there, you're going to see the community that we're creating for you. It's going to be a place where we all can learn together to take our business in the social and digital business because that's what we need to be. So please go to growprogram.com and check out Growtown, Population You. And now for the podcast. Hey, this is Jason Cass once again with Agents Influence Podcast, um, Conversations with Jason Cass. And we are here with uh, Greg Batty, um, and he is going to be talking to us about his, um, his, his program that he has. As you know, this is the month of, of the niche, and I reached out to Greg. I've known Greg now for, oh my gosh, probably seven or eight years. Uh, Greg can answer that here in a minute. Um, we met at a um, convention uh, through the Big Eye of Illinois. Keep in mind, you hear me talk about it all the time. It's the greatest place to network and get to know your industry and how to move it forward is at these conventions and these networking events. Um, at the time, uh, Greg was kind of uh, like me. He was kind of new to the business. Um, now he's a big wig, high level, uh, big baller. 
uh, shot caller, and uh, and I wanted to bring him on because I was talking with him uh, um, uh, last year about the Wave series that I did, and he was questioning me about it. And then he started telling me some of the stuff that he does in his agency, and I immediately made a mental note and then later made an actual physical note to say, whenever I do niche, I want to bring this guy on because he's doing some stuff that's pretty crazy and uh, and pretty out there. And so... Um, if I gave you guys a hundred guesses of the things that he's niched, I, I could guarantee you, you're probably not going to guess his niche. So without further ado, this is, uh, Greg, introduce yourself. Hi, Jason. Thank hey, you. Hey, no problem, man. As you will be able to tell, Greg doesn't talk a lot. He's one of those quiet people, but I will tell you what, his agency is on fire. So, Greg, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about, you know, your agency, how you got there. Let the let the let the listeners relate to you. I'll give you a quick background on myself. I'd give you an idea. I'm 35 years old. I've been in the insurance industry be 18 years this July. Uh, Jason, you and I did. I think we met back in 2003 is what I was able to figure at the state convention. Uh, my wife, Heidi, and I were married about three years ago. Uh, our son, Griffin, came in our lives 18 months ago. We live in northern Illinois. And uh, to give you an idea about my story in the insurance business, uh, as I mentioned, I've been in about 18 years. started the insurance business in 1996 in my family's independent insurance agency filing paperwork for minimum wage while I was finishing my senior year of high school. Wow. Uh, so it gives you an idea where I come from. I learned the agency side from the ground up and wasn't really intended to be a career for me. I, I enjoyed it. And after graduating high school and starting in college, I decided to work towards my PNC and health, uh, life and health licenses and got those in 1997. Uh, not, a, not long after uh, we were actually at that state convention in 2003, I realized and made the decision that the insurance industry was going to be a career for me and not just a job and decided to go for my CIC designation and started that in 2004 and completed it in 2005. And I honestly have to say that the CIC program, along with the subsequent uh, Rubel graduate seminars, really I give that credit to changing my outlook on this industry. I agree. I agree. That was a revolutionary moment for me as well whenever I took those classes and obtained that. And so, um, and so now, I mean, what's the situation in your agency today? I mean, uh, are you the owner? What's, what's the makeup? What's the look like? Uh, we are a two-man operation. We used to be quite a bit bigger. Uh, we currently have no CSRs, which as Jason mentioned, I talked to you about the wave. We're exploring that now. My uncle and I are partners in the agency. Interesting. And okay. And so you have no CSRs, you said? We have zero CSRs right now. So it's you and your uncle that do everything. Correct. My goodness. Holy cow. I got to tell you, I don't know if I've talked with an agent that doesn't have a CSR unless you were me for the first year and a half of your agency. Wow. Interesting. Okay. And that probably attributes to the way that you run your niche, which um, according to you, how much percentage of your business is your niche? From a, from a personal level, mine, not the agency side, is probably about 60%. Okay. And then do you guys have other niches inside there outside of your niche? I mean, or is there just your main niche? It's just my main niche right now. There's some other small ones, but nothing that's really gained traction yet. And then some other ones that I'm starting the process on. So why don't we go ahead and tell the listeners then, I mean, uh, just give us the lowdown like we did of you. Um, what is the niche? How in the world did you get it involved? How did you set it up? You know, just let's start from the beginning. This is what the listeners really want to know. 
Um, I, they, they've, they've heard me speak before about the fact that I think that the agent of the future um, is going to have to be some type of niche agent. So I think they're learning a lot. I've got a lot of good feedback from the other podcasts we've done. So tell us, uh, what is your niche? And, and just start from the beginning. How did you get this going? How did this come about? Well, the, the niche that I got into relates to the combative sports industry. So anybody that's fans of boxing, mixed martial arts, kickboxing events, I actually launched MMA Event Insurance and BoxingEventInsurance.com. And I got into this, actually dabbled in it the first time about April of 2008. I had a good friend of mine who was a promoter in the local area and had some national connections and ties and opened my eyes to the fact that that industry needed someone who understood it from mm-hmm. the inside out, from their side, along with from the carrier side. Okay. And so you started with the with the guy, the connection you had, and started helping him out, and then did he spread your word? or? He definitely did because he also operates a sanctioning body for some of the promoters in a, the regional area, basically in a, about a two, three surrounding state area of where I'm at. Okay. And you know, Greg, what's so great about that is every niche story we hear, it always started with someone telling us that they ran into somebody or they started with this account and then other people started telling them about them and they thought to themselves, hey, this is something. I mean, it, you know, a lot of agents, I think they sat around and thought that Greg like flipped through the phone book and thought, okay, what, what industry could I go into and just chose this? But it's almost like you kind of fell into it. I, I fell into it in the same sense. It was something that was something I enjoyed. I, I like combative sports. I watch boxing. I go to boxing and MMA events. And so it was something I felt a connection with. And I'll be the first one to admit, I had dabbled in, dabbled in other niches before this one. More regional-based stuff, like all of us seem to go after, be it uh, tanning salons, things along that line that didn't gain much traction. You know, it's hard to compete on those types of things when you have every company out there that wants to write them. You're right. And, and so... So you felt comfortable with this and thought it to be a motivating factor in the fact that no one was writing this. Heck, you probably, I mean, couldn't even find an insurance company, I assume, at the at the original time. Tell us about that process. I mean, when you decided really, you wanted to do this, how did you get it going? Well, I obviously, just like you do anytime you're doing it in our industry, you, you kind of dive in. You start to research and analyze the insurance programs, the competition. And as you can imagine, there weren't many carriers, like you mentioned, that were willing to write the necessary coverages for this. Uh, for the class of business. And so I, I did my due diligence, uh, found a partner carrier who did do some of this. Okay, stop right there, right there. So you found a partner carrier. So you didn't already have this carrier at the time? I did not. Okay, and so you, after doing your due diligence, you found that there's a carrier out there that does do this? Correct. There were there were a couple, and I, I worked through about three of them before I landed with the one that writes the majority. Now, I also have I have multiple carriers that I work with now. Okay. So when you were forming the relationship with the first carrier, you understand I I, I love, uh, it's not the drill here, uh, Greg, it's just that people hear about niche, but hearing it from someone like yourself is, is very valuable to them. Um, so when you approached the carrier, I mean, what exactly did you say to them? How did you get them to believe in you that you would do this or did they not really at the beginning and you just had to work through the relationship? Does that make sense? How did you get that actually going? It makes perfect sense. They were already writing some of this business. So the end of trying to present something new to them that 
was unheard of wasn't the hard part, but it was the part of going to them and showing them what I thought we could do and where we could take it and them believing it because as we all know, carriers hear that all the time and then the production doesn't follow. So it was a, it was a working progress. It was probably over a year to a year and a half of a slow development and to the point where finally things were coming in and I was questioning things and pushing issues and, and that finally I was taken to the upper level of management. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. the senior underwriters are like, this is out of, you need to talk to the owners. And, gotcha. and that's where it went from there. And we just kind of developed it from that. Had had a few in, you know, it's uh, upfront meetings, ended up launching a program, helped them develop a new program. And I had the, the six month test launch nationwide before they rolled it out to the rest of their agency force. Obviously uh, they, you know, with certain programs, they have to launch it out to, to everybody. They can't keep it exclusive to an in-house program. Right, but they gave you a little bit of a head start. Correct. And so did you like take what they had already and then take your experience that you had inside this and saying, hey, you guys need this kind of endorsement or this kind of coverage or take this out because it's making it too tough or too expensive? Was there those type of negotiations? Yes and no, because with this with this niche, it's pretty cut and dry. It's not like writing a complex account where you have a lot of different endorsements. Uh, to get, for example, on the general liability side, it's almost impossible to get participant coverage for these combative sports events. Uh, they want to write spectator, spectator only, and you I mean you can go. There's only about one carrier that'll entertain it, and it's few and far between that they'll actually write it. So you've got just the basic general liability, and then you have accident medical for the fighters. You know, last year, I think you and I talked about that, Greg. Like, I mean, the fact that there would be an insurance company that's going to cover the guy who's stepping inside of a ring to get his face possibly beat in is absolutely, like, mind-boggling to me. Yes, that's the accident medical side of it. Well, you know, for the, the athletic commissions, most of them regulate combative sports and depending on what type of combative sport it is require certain medical and death limits for a promoter to carry which um, makes sense it's just amazing that there could be that's like uh that's like getting a property carrier to like uh write fire insurance on the building that the fire department practices on you know what i mean i mean, I, I, like, I agree and like that was crazy. my that was my first impression when I started looking into this. I'm like, you know, my theory was there's no way there's a carrier that's going to want to write this stuff. <laughs> but you know, as with anything, you start to realize when you really start to branch out and you see what unique programs are out there and what people are right, there's almost always a carrier you can find that's willing to do just just about anything if it makes sense. It makes sense. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense, you know? So Correct. that's kind of, kind of, yeah, I can see that there. So, okay, so we now, we, we, we found the, the contact that could kind of get us started. We found a couple carriers. We've kind of made a program now. So what's our delivery system? I mean, how are we getting it out there? How are you marketing it? How are you delivering it to the people? A lot of, well, it's in May of, well, let me take that back. It was December of 2010 is when I actually launched the websites. Okay. And that's what got the presence on a national level and also more of a, a reputation and uh, respectability that it was a viable program. And it's amazing what a website can do. And, and sometimes that's good and bad. It can give 
things that aren't credible, make them look credible. But it started to draw it. Uh, the Google searches definitely helped. I come up at the top of the list almost every search. Okay. So you're getting calls. I, I I currently get calls from overseas. I get calls from Europe. I get calls from Canada. Obviously, I can't handle that with this program. These carriers don't do that, but the need for this branches there as well because combative sports is. So have you have you just to stopping you there for a minute? Have you thought about? I mean, is that part of your uh, version 2.0 plan? Is to try and come up with an international policy? I mean, and just be be Excellent. like Jay Z and be straight international. It, it actually is, Jason. I've actually had some conversations and ha- do have dialogue opened with a Lloyd syndicate that is willing to entertain European risks. Sweet. Cha-ching. Money, baby. So, okay. All right. Well, that's cool. So you've got the website. You're out there on Google. You've got just people talking about you. So um, I'm putting on an MMA event and I get online and what do I do? I mean, I go in there, I put in the information. Do I ever have to talk to you or is it just through the internet or is it a mixture? How's that go? It's a mixture. I'm personally, when I'm contacted by someone I've never worked with before, I always call them. I, I want to have the conversation. I still want to have the relationship. I want to understand what they do, what kind of event they're having, because these things do vary. I mean, you've got the small, the small local shows that some people, some of the listeners probably have been to, onto the big monster shows if it's a boxing or an MMA event, and the characteristics change drastically depending on what type of an event they're having. So I like to call them, but you know, once a relationship's been established, I do have a an online application form. It's a secure and secure payment form along with an application that they can go through that route. I also have launched a couple association programs that are directly with the carrier through my website where these association members can go out, they input their information, the policies are issued instantaneously behind the scenes, and the certificates go out automatically via email. Wow. 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 I applaud you. I mean, fantastic. So, um, do you, are you ever having, do you ever have situations where you have to, where you would have to fly out and meet these guys or is it just done? I mean, basically over the phone, internet through email and fax. It's basically just what you said. I, I have tried, you know, obviously there are certain accounts I would like to be able to go out and meet with face to face. And as we all know, nowadays, most people don't have time. Right. And they, they, they don't, I've offered it and most of them, you know, they are okay with phone conference calls, uh, video conference calls. They prefer to go that route. It saves everyone time. They yep. they develop the relationship. They understand what's going on, and you know obviously relationships get stronger over time, and the respect builds, and they don't necessarily need to have that face to face contact. Okay. And so, as far as your competition out there, I mean, it, it, I'm just asking. You may not know, but like if we have this pie of a hundred percent of 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 combat combative sports insurance. Do you think that you're 10% of that, 50% of that? I mean, how big of a market share? Are there other agents out there now getting in the game? What's What do you think? Since, since I launched my program, there definitely have been other agents that have come out there and launched some similar type programs, uh, which are most of the time piggy, you know, they piggyback off of what my program is. Mm-hmm. I don't have a definitive number of my market share, but some, some calculations from things I've been relayed and tried to put some numbers together make me think that I'm somewhere around the 40 to 50% mark. Holy shiznit. 
And see, I always have said I'll never cuss, but you can say shiznit. Wow, holy moly. Okay. That's, that's just pure guessing. I, I don't know that. Yeah, Greg, if it was 30% nationwide would be huge. Heck, in ten, if I could write 10% of the railroad contractors in America, I wouldn't be here today. I love you listeners, but I'm telling you, I'd be in the, well, I'd probably be still doing the podcast. I'd be doing it from my sailboat in the Caribbean is where I'd be doing it. As long as I get a Wi-Fi signal, I'd be with you listeners. Wow. Holy cow, that's fantastic. That 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 makes me get excited. Just not for you, but to be able to have you tell this to the listeners so that they can see that that this stuff kind of happens. And 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 we we think to ourselves a lot. Um, you know, I know as agents the way we think, we think to ourselves, Greg, we think like you're at some wild, crazy event or you're somewhere and you're thinking like, holy moly, you know, no one would ever insure that. And I think like you're making agents say, I need to like reassess what an insurance company would be willing to consider a niche and what they wouldn't because who would have thought that you could be sitting there watching two guys pummel their face in and that you're like looking around at everybody drinking and screaming and stuff and going, Hey, I could, I, I could insure this, you know? I mean, it's, 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 it's really, really, really kind of crazy if you want to know me. The, so, first, the first couple of years for me doing this and going to these events and watching them, I mean, you, you get a little nervous. <laughs> you, you, you like to watch it, but at the same time, the next thing you know, you don't really want to see someone get knocked out. Right. But then again, that's why you paid the, the price of admission right. to, you know, hope it's just not too gory. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. And then so, so going forward, um, uh, what is, you don't, I think you've got some niches and you told me last year that you're, you're, you're creating programs for them. So you didn't want to say them, um, live at that time, but are you still looking at other, um, other niches that you're going to start to create and get ahead of? I, I am. I have a I have a couple on my radar. I'll be the first to admit that my primary niche takes my most most of my focus, and not having support staff at this time is why I'm bringing in support staff. Yeah. Okay. So that I can start to branch out and get into these other ones that I've had on the radar. I have website domains already registered, and it's just a matter of and carriers lined up. It's just having the time to do it. And as I mentioned, having a a, a newer a newer child, 18 months old starts to take some of that perspective the the burn the wick at both ends doesn't happen as much as it used to well you sound like you need to get a wave if you want to know my personal opinion you i mean you're you know that as well greg you're you've been in this business longer than i and most of our listeners but i mean there's only so much you can do by yourself now it sounds like a lot of yours is not all but is way more automated than the average agent would have but um that that is correct and going the route that I go and being able to do this on a more national level. And like I always, I like to say that it's easier to do the same thing a thousand times than to do one individual things a thousand times. Right. If that makes sense. That does. And so when you repeat a niche and you have a niche, you learn it, you become the expert in it. And now you're repeating the same thing over and over again, becomes a lot easier for automation and for, someone like myself who has no support staff and I don't just do this niche. I mean, I still do traditional PNC in my area as well and do primarily commercial. And that, that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I applaud you. I don't, I don't understand how you're doing it. I mean, I'll be honest. I think that your book's probably bigger than my book. And I mean, I, I, 
you know, I'm thinking about having to give Lori more hours. I mean, because I, I just, I just can't keep up with all the stuff that we're doing. And I think that I would be even farther behind if I wasn't using the technology I'm using to help take some of the load off of Lori. So, um, wow. Interesting. So let me ask you this and, and, and just kind of starting to wrap this up here. I mean, if you, if you're an agent out there and you're listening and you may be by saying, you know, the, you know, Greg did this, but I don't know if I could ever do this or or whatever. I mean, Greg, what are some tips and pointers that you could kind of say, I mean, why you, I mean, obviously if you were going to start over this, I assume probably finding something niche would have been something you would have started, uh, you would have probably started to get into immediately. Am I right? Oh, most definitely. Okay, so what are the advantages? I mean, besides you being the expert and you repeat things, I mean, what? what it, you, there's a new guy in a, and there's a new uh, lady out there getting ready to start and been in it six months, and they hate the fact that their territory rep brings in that stupid hot sheet every once a month and says, oh, look what we're writing, you know, and it's flower shops, shoe stores, you know, and, and, and all the basic stuff that everybody, everybody's hot sheet. Just a word of advice for all you territory reps. You guys do a fantastic job. But the sheet you bring in, every territory rep brings that in every month. So if they're looking at that sheet, Greg, how, I mean, how, what would you tell them would be two or three reasons why they need to do this? First, first thing I say is think outside the box. Don't necessarily just look at that sheet and go with what the carriers have. But if you do have something on there that you have a passion for, something that you want to learn from the inside out, that's what you do. You go after it. You start to develop the programs if it's with an existing carrier. You you learn your competition inside and out, and that goes from not only just the competition that the coverage forms, understanding where your program has advantages and disadvantages. Okay, I agree. And your passion is right on. I think there's a lot of people that say to themselves, what niche would I go after? And you just answered it. It's your passion. You know what I mean? It's what you like to do. Um, I, it, 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 there, there's, they, we all have our things that we like to do. I mean, you, you may be an agent out there who's getting, trying to find a niche and you may um, like to play the piano. Well, maybe you need to go after people who teach pianos or make t pianos or whatever that could be. I mean, obviously, that's probably a far and wide niche, but you're doing it nationwide. So, I mean, it, 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 I think passion is probably one of the most important, and I think you'd agree. I, I agree, most definitely. This is something when you decide to do something like this, you're going to put in a lot of time and effort. And if it's not something you enjoy, you're not going to you're not going to gain traction with it. You're going to give up on it. So you find something that you enjoy because you're going to live it for years. But Greg, wouldn't you say a lot of that time and effort and sweat and tears is kind of front loaded? And the fact that, you know, I do a lot of railroad and I would say it's a lot easier today for me to find or write a railroad account than it was at the beginning when I was trying to get everything set up, get my name out, you know, and do all that. I mean, am I wrong on that? It, you, it, it, that is correct. A lot, a lot of that's front-loaded. Uh, once you get things rolling, it does seem like the referrals come a lot easier. Uh, you start to get that respect within that industry. Then there's also the backside, too. Then you have the carrier side that you're always constantly balancing because it comes down to production and loss. Yep. And so as long as that stuff stays okay, but there are times you know, when production and loss becomes an issue and you have to work with your carriers to make sure that the programs stay viable. 
Okay. And then I think you also said being an expert. I think that that's one of the things that new or young, doesn't matter, uh, agents uh, deal with. It's, you know, hey, I'm going to go talk to this person and I don't know anything about what they're doing. I guess if you find two or three things and you niche them hard, I've always liked the fact that uh, I can be talking with an agent who's been in the business 30 years, but when we talk about railroad insurance, it's all of a sudden it seems like I've been in the business 30 years and he's been in it two months, you know, and that's no uh, bad thing to him. It just has to do with the fact that I'm the expert in it, you know. Very, very correct. Okay. All right. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. I think we got a lot out of this. Um, I think a lot of listeners did. I think with you, we got very descriptive in how we could go step by step through it. Um, obviously, I I think that uh, Greg, if you if you wouldn't mind, if people would reach out, are they able to reach out to you if they have any questions, or maybe they're starting a weird niche and they have a question for you? Is that going to be fine for them to do that? That is that is okay. Yes. I'm would you? What is your willing. What is your email address? The best email address to reach me at is Greg at mmaeventinsurance.com. Greg at mmaeventinsurance.com. The MMA man. All right, that is fantastic. And last, something my listeners always like to hear, um, always want to know is, Greg, I assume you're a reader. I am, Jason. And, you know, because you're a leader, and I say it all the time, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. Um, what is your book that you're reading right now? Currently being a new father, I'm reading some of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books. Ah, ah, okay, okay. I like that, I like that. What's one takeaway you've learned so far as a dad and after 18 months? I, it's more difficult than launching this niche. <laughs> Oh, it's, great, it's more great challenging and more great. and more challenging and more rewarding than I could have ever imagined. There's so many more endorsements to the policy every day. You know, what I mean? that is correct. Oh wow, that was a great comeback. That's good. I like that. I like that. You you, you are right about that. My buddy Ryan Handley just uh, had his um, first uh, kid, and I've been telling him for nine months before. I was like, dude, you just you know you think you understand, but you really don't understand. You think you do, you know, and. And then it, uh, you know, he, it was about six, seven days later, he called me, he says, Jason, you're right. There's no co possible way you can explain and have somebody comprehend, uh, what this is in a good way. You know what I mean? Thanks. But very, very much a good way. And it gives you a whole new perspective and outlook on life. It does. It does. It does. It does. So, uh, I started early in my life, but I, I attribute a lot of my success to my kids because it got me uh, squared away and. You know, uh, listeners don't know this, but uh, when my wife met me at the age of 19, I had bleach blonde hair. Um, I was had double earrings, and I was a wild stallion. And I have to attribute it all to my wife and to my kids and my family to settle me down and, and show me where I needed to go in life. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so, Greg, I do appreciate your time. Um, you, you have been great. Is there anything else you want to say by closing this out? Pick something you enjoy in this insurance industry. We all know it's cutthroat, and it can be very difficult and trying at times. Find something you enjoy, and, and it'll be worth coming to the office every day. That is Greg Batty. You can get a hold of him at greg at mmaeventsinsurance.com. 
Um, if you have any little questions for him or whatever, um, I know you listeners do a great job of not abusing somebody's time, but at the same time, um, me, Greg, any of our listeners, we want to do everything we can to, to help you out. We've had some agents who have even reached out to Chuck Blondino, and you know he spent 15, 20, 30 minutes with him on the phone explaining some of the stuff that he had in his podcast. Um, so, you know, always feel free, obviously respect Greg's time, but if you've got a little comment or a question, feel free to reach out to him. Um, this has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. I do appreciate you listening. You know that I appreciate you listening. And one thing I even appreciate more of you is all your emails. Um, it's come to the point in time where, I mean, I'm really getting overloaded. I have my assistant, Anna. Um, she works with the Grow Program. She's actually having to help me filter these emails because, believe me, they're getting to be, um, I don't want to say too much. They're just getting to be the point that I have to have somebody condense them for me. I will kid you not, I had a listener uh, about six, about last, last week or the week before, one of the two, in the last 10 to 14 days, who wrote me a six-page, typed it out on their, on their um, computer, six pages of information of things that they like and comments and different things we ought to do. And, and you may say to yourself, like, holy cow, who did that? Folks, I get those all the time. And, and what it is, is taking people like Greg, it's taking people like all the other people we have and the listeners, you and your emails, and, and bringing them back out. Agents Influence is giving a voice to, a vo to those who have no voice, and we're trying to do the best we can for you. Be sure to check out growprogram.com. Got a brand new website up. People are raving about it. It's different. It's new. It's a town, and we want you to be part of that community. This is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. This is the radio station for Growtown. Population you. Thanks.